Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I don't know if you noticed this, but this is, quote, officially episode 999. That's actually not really episode 999 um, because for the longest time I didn't number Q&A episodes. I still don't number bonus episodes. So we hit a thousand way back when. But, you know, seeing it, it's a cool thing cool thing. $9.99. Well, today is the day this airs is July 4th, which in the United States where I live is Independence Day. And I've done this before in past years, not every year, but I think I've done it once or twice and I wanted to do it again. Is talk about money because it's one of the most life-changing forms of independence, financial independence. And I will tell you what prompted this. There are a couple things, but one of the big ones, when I found out I was having twins, I joined a handful of twin mom Facebook groups, specifically a couple of groups for the type of twin that I'm having. It's not just identical or fraternal, but there are many different types of twins as kind of a random aside, but in case you're curious, you can have twins that are what's called die-die, which essentially refers to um, two placentas and two gestational sacs, right? They each have their own. That is the safest type of twin to have in terms of carrying the pregnancy. And then there's modi, which is one placenta. They share a placenta, but they each have their own gestational sac. And then there is mo-mo. And that refers to the babies having one gestational sac and one placenta, and that is the highest risk. And I'm right there in the middle uh, with the moderate risk, not the safest, but not, not the most risky, modi. So our twins share a placenta, which is slightly higher risk, and each have their own gestational sac. Because modi and momo are higher risk, there's just a lot of conversation because we have to get monitored more often and there are certain things that can happen with these types of pregnancies. So I joined a few Facebook groups related to twin moms, but also related to Modi or Momo twins. And I kid you not, at least once a day in one of these groups, and sometimes it's more than that, someone posts about looking for ideas for working from home, for making more money. And some of it's just because 
kids are expensive and twins are twice as expensive. But sometimes it's because daycare is really expensive. And a lot of parents are in the situation where the majority of their paycheck goes for daycare or the cost of daycare exceeds what they bring home. And for months, I was like, I want to talk to these people. But I'm also not going to go into a group and, you know, share my podcast or um, my thoughts on streams of income. I've, I've just been kind of watching people share what I think is not really helpful advice for folks who are wanting to make more money, but also wanting time flexibility and time freedom. Because getting a second traditional job is not in the cards for a lot of people for a number of reasons. Maybe they have a partner who does that. And even for folks who just have one traditional job and are financially struggling, they want options and options that offer flexibility and more money. And it's something that I'm extremely passionate about. It breaks my heart to see that the majority of people, like over 70% of people, closer to 80% of people rate the number one stressor in their lives is money. And I get it because I've been there too. I am in no way having this conversation from you know, my, my privileged perch. I lived paycheck to paycheck. I had a tremendous amount of debt that I had to pay off. I spent years making crappy financial decisions. And, and even now in my house, we have difficult conversations about the fact that it doesn't really make sense for us to pay for childcare when it costs more than what Chris contributes. And so it makes more sense for him to be home from the dollars and cents perspective. Of course, there are other perspectives, but from that perspective. So we have those conversations as well. And I just decided that on Independence Day, I wanted to have a really practical nuts and bolts conversation because I've talked about my opinions here. I've talked about my thoughts here, but the whole getting started and what do I pick conversation can be a lot more valuable. So that's what we're going to do today. And before we do that, I want to be really, really clear that if you think this isn't for you, you're wrong. I mean, we live in a time when kids are making millions of dollars. I'm not kidding. Kids are making millions of dollars unboxing toys on YouTube. People are making big money having other people watch them play video games on Twitch. Stay-at-home moms are making six and seven figures with things they make at home and sell on Etsy. And I'm not crafty, and I don't like video games, and I'm not going to let my kids unbox toys on YouTube, but there are so many options, more every day. I mean, stay-at-home moms who build a following on Instagram just showing their mom life and they build such a following that brands come to them and pay them and they're making six figures and more, many make seven figures, promoting brands. Like, this is a vacuum we love. This is the snacks that we love. It's happening every single day. People make troll hair. I was, I was looking when we had Roman's troll-themed birthday party, like the movie's troll 
we had a troll themed birthday party back in May for him and I wanted us to wear troll hair and I found the majority of options on Etsy (laughs) and people are making stuff at home and making big money in a platform where they don't have to have an audience because Etsy brings the customers to them. You know what I mean? I mean, if if we talk about the Instagram mom, she has to build her following. She has to be consistent enough and compelling enough that people want to follow her and that takes time. But if you're on a platform like Etsy, people go to Etsy. They're not going to Etsy because of, you know, grassy pants four, five, six, who has an account there. There's so many ways to do it. And while the examples that I've given might all sound like terrible ideas to you, that's okay. Those are three or four of 4,500,000 possibilities. I'm not even kidding you. I, back in the spring, created a training for my own team, people who work with me in network marketing on story-based sales for social sellers. I'm going to say that again because I just realized I said that really quickly. So selling through telling stories, being really organic, being really natural, building influence that way for people who sell anything online from a course to a book to a product to anything at all. And I, I made this for my team and it's specific to what we do in network marketing, but every single one of them can take it and help it grow something else that they do. Because I want them to also do other things. And most of them do. Most of them have a regular job. And some of them have businesses that they own. It is for everyone. And all of the skills can be taught. All of the skills can be learned. I know that the people on the sidelines, and most people are on the sidelines, are on the sidelines because there's something they don't know or there's something that they are scared of. And I want you to hear loud and clear that all of those obstacles and fears and barriers can be overcome. You can learn what you don't know. You can get to the other side of your fear, but you won't if you just think, well, I don't have time. Well, I don't have the money. There are options that take a lot of time, yeah, but there are other options that don't take a lot of time. And there are absolutely options that take a lot of money, but there are options that don't take a lot of money. And I really don't care at all if you're interested in the types of ways that I've created financial independence or if you do it another way. I just want you to do it. I just want you to do it because look, being a mom on Instagram is not for me either. I mean, Yes, I share adorable Roman and I'm sure I'll share the twins too, but but I'm not going to be somebody who's going to be promoting magic spoon cereal on Instagram. That's that's not for me. So if that's not for you, that's okay. And I'm not going to be singing or dancing on TikTok. Although people make money doing that. It's okay if you're like, mm, nope, that's not for me. Just know that for every single one that you say, mm, nope, that's not for me, there's literally 10, 20,000 more that could meet your needs and your interests and your time and your financial ability. So with all of this going on, kids making money opening toys on YouTube or, you know, 18-year-old boys making money having other people watch them play video games or moms making six figures talking about the robot vacuum they love, why are we still acting like 
this isn't for us. This isn't for everyone. Or why are we acting like side hustles are sleazy? Here's the problem. Here's what's going on here. I'm just going to get real real with you. What's going on here with the people who are saying, it's not for me, I don't have time, I can't afford it, I don't have the skills, that's like the people who didn't start investing in the dot-com boom because they were like, nobody's going to shop online. You're wrong. If you think you don't have the skills, if you think you don't have the time, if you think you don't have the money, if you think it is not for you, you're wrong. And this is the time to find what is for you and start doing it. We're going to talk about barriers like fear and laziness and all of those kinds of things. We're going to talk about it. But the first thing that I want to do is break down a few of these. Some of them are ones that I do. Some of them are not. You know, I want to talk to you about things like Etsy, which is not something that I have been involved in or I have any interest in. But I want you to understand the pros and cons of different things. I know right now, I mean, what I have right now that I've worked hard to create and none of it has come through laziness or luck or anything like that, through one, just one of the channels that I've developed in three years, not 30 years, not 13 years, three years. And honestly, what I'm about to share with you was the case probably a year ago as well, so it really took me two years is bringing in more than 10 times more per month than I made starting out in corporate America. And it's a side hustle. It's not my main gig. It's something that I do during nap time. And I also do my main gig during nap time, right? So it's not something that I'm staying up till three in the morning doing. Some people build their side hustles from 11 to three. I don't. I don't. I have no desire to stay up, not even to 11 p.m. Nope, nope, nope. I work during nap time and on Thursdays because <laughs> my husband is on home on Thursdays. And so I'm doing my main stuff and all of my side gigs, and I have many, on Thursdays and nap times. So if you have an hour a week or three hours a week, if you have $30 to work with or you have $30,000 or $300,000 to work with, there are options for everybody. The notion that like, I don't have the skills, I don't know anything, that's, I'm absolute calling garbage on that because all of the information that you would need to do it is available, period, full stop. So that's just, that's just a form of laziness, but we'll talk more about that. One of my mastermind clients, no, it wasn't a mastermind client, uh, somebody who works with me in one of my side hustles asked me, she said, uh, what would you recommend? You know what? I want to tell you about the mastermind person first. I'll tell you, get to the other one. So she was saying, my mastermind client was saying that she took a job that was a pay cut because it was a job she really, really wanted. And over the long term, it made sense. But, you know, it did take a big hit financially. And she hemmed and hawed and wasn't sure if that was the right decision or not. But one thing she realized was, I'm going to have to find a way to make money on the side but she had no idea where to start. And I told her, start with a list of all the options you can think of, including all the ones you wouldn't do or think are bad ideas or think you can't do. So if I'm brainstorming a list, I'm going to put YouTube channel on there, even though I have no desire and that's probably not something that I'm going to do in the next few years. 
I'm going to put Twitch on there, even though I know that's not one that I will ever do. But the point is to just get all the ideas out there. A lot of times people feel stuck because they're censoring and filtering when it's not time to censor or filter. And you might be thinking, well, I don't even know what the options are. That's a ridiculous barrier because you can Google list of 100 side hustles and you'll get it. You can write down ones that I've talked about on the podcast before. You can talk to friends who have a side hustle. Literally with Google, you could come up with a million ideas. But but where I would have her start is the same place that I would have anybody start is come up with a list of all of the possible ideas, including the ones that you think are bad ideas. I call it playing stupid idea time. When we have to make a decision, Chris and I, we recently were like, do we do this next phase of the renovation? Do we hold off and just make some changes to what we have now? And I said, let's play stupid idea time. And stupid idea time was everything from selling the house, knocking the house down and rebuilding. I'm not kidding. We weren't censoring and filtering at that stage. It was doing a smaller renovation, doing a bigger renovation, doing no renovation at all, uh, lifting the house and redoing the basement. Every idea is on the table during stupid idea time. You cannot get anywhere if you're already censoring and filtering at that time because a lot of the things that you reject are, are going to be rejected based on not having enough information. So start with a list of all the options you can think of. And if you come up with fewer than 10, keep going. You really want to have at least, I mean, 10 bare minimum. You want to have like 15 to 30 ideas, knowing that some of them are a no-go. Like, I'm not going to decide to knock my house down and rebuild because we've done three reno- several renovations in the last three years. But playing stupid idea time, everything is on the table, okay? Look at people you know. Write down things that they're doing, things that you've read about in the paper, things that you've seen on the news. Write down everything. From there, you're going to look at what are the pros and cons of these things? How long would it take to build something like this? Is there an upper limit on how much you can earn? How much of your time does it demand? How long would it take to get the skills necessary? Can you start and learn along the way? All of these kinds of things are things you're going to consider. And you're going to get better at doing that because I'm going to give you a bunch of examples here. Some of the things that I'm involved in that create financial freedom for me that aren't directly tied to my day-to-day work, things that provide passive income for me so that I'm getting paid whether I'm working or sleeping or vacationing or on maternity leave, books, courses, the Changemakers Journal, network marketing, affiliate deals, real estate, dividend-producing stocks, investments in other businesses, advertisements on my podcast. I'm sure there are a few others, but those are off the top of my head. And every single one of them takes a varying amount of time. For example, having ads on my podcast, zero time. The the hosting company gives me a list of things to choose from. I indicate which ones I'm interested in and they they operate without my involvement. Now, other things like real estate take a little more time up front, but ongoing, they take a lot less time. However, real estate 
takes a lot more money to get started in some cases, not all cases. Personally, if I'm going to buy an investment property, I want to make sure that I'm putting down at least 20%. Not everybody operates that way. And some people borrow money for the down payment. And so in that case, you might be in a position for real estate where it doesn't take that much money to get started. But all of these take varying amounts of time, take varying amounts of effort, and offer varying amounts of return, how much money you can possibly make. I want to have a lot of different streams of income. That doesn't happen overnight. It's something that I'm still building and have been building for years, eight or nine years. So this isn't something that you work on for a year and then it's over. It's something that should get time from you for the rest of your life. I wanted to at least have something that had unlimited upside earning potential. I could make six figures, seven figures, eight figures, and that it was going to take a lot less time and effort compared to the amount of return that I could make. Now, not all of my avenues of income meet that, but I wanted to have at least one that did. So let's be really practical here and talk about the pros and cons of some of these things. And I'm not talking about every possible side hustle or passive income stream, but just a few, some of which I'm involved in, some of which I am not. Real estate, I am, but not to the extent that I want to be. This is something I'm always looking at growing. And one of the pros is that historically, we see that real estate appreciates over time. Of course, there are risks. We've seen housing crashes, and that can shift. If you're renting, that can shift your rental income. Uh, you know, you could have a period of vacancy if you're renting out. The property could depreciate, but we know over time it's a pretty safe investment. So that's a good thing. However, on the con side, it, it is more expensive to get in for most people. As I said, I'm a, I'm a minimum 20% down kind of person, and it also depends on where you live. You know, my my husband's daughter lives in Wisconsin, and we've looked at some properties out there, and the, the cost of housing there is a fraction of what it is where we live on Cape Cod. So your geography matters, but of course, you can invest in real estate in areas other than the area in which you live. And the other thing that you have to consider that is kind of a con, but can be a pro, is that you might have to spend money for things like property management. You know, you can certainly do those things yourself, but what that means is more time. So you have to value, is the 10% more you could make more important to you or is your time more important to you? For me right now, the time is more important to me. So I have to consider that that cuts into what I make. The other thing you have to look at is how are you using property when you invest in real estate? And of course, there's differences between commercial and residential, but talking about residential, are you renting it out for a long-term tenant? You know, somebody that's going to be there for a year or two years, and those are the lease terms you're looking at. Or are you doing something that's like an Airbnb or a VRBO? Because you can realistically expect to make more in the right area with an Airbnb or a VR, VRBO. Of course, you could lose your hat if you're in a crappy area and nobody wants to 
do a short-term rental with your place. Or there are some areas that don't allow short-term rentals. So you do have to do a lot of homework with real estate. You do have to do a lot of homework or you're just risking your money. The thing that I think about in terms of real estate is that for me, the way I do it, I don't have Airbnbs or VRBOs at this point. It's a long-term play. It's not money that supports my lifestyle month after month. So for my rentals, I get the money, I pay the mortgage, I set the rest aside for things like taxes and repairs and cleaning and all of that kind of stuff. And I'll make money on it when I sell it down the road or when the mortgage is paid off and then the rent that I get is is primarily cash flow. So for me, I love real estate for the long term. But in terms of I want to make sure that I have enough passive income coming in every month that requires nothing from me or close to nothing from me to cover all of our expenses. Real estate is not going to do that for me at this point. It could if I had more rentals or if I had some really successful Airbnbs or VRBOs. There's lots of ways to get there. So know that that's an option, but it can also take a while to get there. One thing is the stock market, right? And when I think about the stock market for passive income, I'm thinking about dividend stocks. So stocks that pay a dividend. The, the pros there is over time, we know that good companies do well. We, we have the historical view on the stock market, even though you know we're, we're in a tough year right now. Historically, we know they do well. However, the con being you've got to be well-educated. You've got to know what you're picking. The other thing that is an important consideration is that your return is based on your investment. So if you put in $1,000 or $5,000 or even $10,000 in a dividend-paying company, even if they're performing well, it's not going to be money that's going to pay your grocery bill. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, unless you put in a significant amount of money, you're not going to get a significant amount in a return. What I think of dividend stocks a lot like I think about real estate. It's more of a long-term play. I reinvest the dividend and it grows over time. Of course, the risk being that anything could happen and the company could go under and you could lose everything. But with good picks, that is that is going to be exceedingly rare. Um but I do think that it's a great thing to have as part of your portfolio. One of the real pros of dividend stocks is you can get in for a very small amount of money. I mean, you can generally buy shares of a company for for a, a relatively small amount of money. And there's even ways to buy fractional shares. So let's say that you wanted to get involved with a company, but you couldn't afford a single share of the stock, there are ways that you can buy fractional shares through funds and different things like that. Talk to a financial advisor for sure about that. I am not a financial advisor. I'm just sharing some things for you to think about. Books is something that I really, really love as a stream of passive income. When I wrote Chasing Cupcakes, it came out in 2019, early 2019, January. I, it was my first book. I had no idea what to expect. And what I've seen is that it's grown over time. And there are slower months and there are big months and somebody mentions it in a big group and you have a big month. But after the initial hard work of writing the book, 
then the the money is just it's just cash flow, you know? I mean, certainly you could choose to do ads and things like that, but it's a really great thing. However, writing a book is not easy and it takes a lot of time. And for the most part, you need to have an audience. I mean, there are exceptions to this where you could write a children's book and it blows up because Oprah puts it on her favorite things list or something like that. And then it could do well over time because of that. But generally speaking, you do have to have some influence and an audience for that to be successful. But the great thing that I love about books is you do the work once and it continues to pay you. There are other things to consider with books. You might be in a situation where you get a book deal and then for the rest of the life of that book, you're sharing the profits with printers and publishers and you could end up not getting very much. And if you don't sell a lot of copies, then you might not recoup, you know, just the cost of your time to write it. But if it does really well, you could. There are also other ways to write books where you pay up front a certain amount of money and then whatever royalties come in are totally yours. There are, it is very expensive to print books. So every month when I get checks for Chasing Cupcakes, it's less all of the printing costs and those costs have been going up. So that's a tricky, that's a tricky balancing act, but over time, it can be a really powerful thing. And the same considerations here apply to things like courses. It's not easy to create it and you have to have expertise or skill in some area. And generally speaking, you need to have an audience. But once you do it, assuming you have that, it can be really profitable for you. Okay, I want to talk about network marketing and then we're going to talk about uh, Etsy and we're going to talk about some things that are not passive, but they are side hustles like Uber. Um, with network marketing, one of the cons that initially almost kept me out was that you're working within somebody else's system. But the more I thought of it, you're almost always working within somebody else's system. I mean, if you sell on Etsy, you're working within somebody else's system. If you're working with a publisher to sell a book, you're working within somebody else's system. When we talk about dividend stocks, you're working within somebody else's system. So that was one that I initially had as a reservation that quickly I realized was a little a little crazy. Another thing that, you know, for some people, including me, could be a con is that people skills are required. You know, you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there. But I quickly realized that that's kind of a lot of the case with many other things, except maybe real estate. You gotta have some people skills to build an audience or have influence or anything like that. One of the pros is that it's extremely low cost to get in and you can do it from home in your free time and relative to a number of these other things like writing a book, it's very low time investment for the return of unlimited earning potential. What I think of as the biggest pro for network marketing though, like far and away the biggest pro and maybe the biggest pro of all the pros we've talked about so far is that it's like a business with training wheels. There's so much support in how to do it, assuming you go with a good company. You go with a crappy company, there might not be the support. But I know for me, in my experience, it's literally like 
a, a plug and play toolkit with a ton of support. You get support for any time you have a question because a lot of times in other avenues, you're just on an island and you've got to figure it out for yourself. But with network marketing, because you're part of a team, because there's a corporate structure behind you, it is truly a business with training wheels. And I will tell you that one of the things that surprised me and impressed me the most is how many people started with network marketing and then used the skills they learned there and or the audience or the influence that they established there to do something on their own in addition to network marketing. One person that comes to mind is somebody who got her initial success in network marketing, came in with no business experience, learned from all of the tools that were available to her there from corporate, from her team, and then over a number of years turned it into a coaching business based on the influence she created in network marketing. Her audience were the people who she worked with there. And now she has both incomes. There's another person that comes to mind, same thing, started in network marketing, had no experience whatsoever, had no network, no audience. But because she was in it over time and she learned from the companies that she was associated with and she built relationships from the team she came into and the team that she built over time, now she launched a business teaching people how to be successful in network marketing and social selling. And her audience is largely built in, built in from the people who were around her through network marketing. I mean, it has blown my mind how many people successfully launch businesses as a result of starting with network marketing and developing tools through that and influence an audience there. It's it's crazy. Another person that comes to mind is somebody who, again, started in network marketing, had no experience, spent time there, used the tools, learned from the company she was associated with, and then launched a podcast about how she was doing it. And the primary people listening to the podcast were people that were involved in network marketing because she was already there in that audience. And it's it's really, really kind of remarkable. One of, uh, one of the people on my team asked me recently what, what advice I would give to somebody who has a full-time job and wants to transition into doing something for themselves. And she said, I know for you, you know, you made that move when you didn't have kids. Would your advice change at all now that you do have kids? And I don't think my advice would change based on having kids necessarily. I, at that point in time, got out of debt first, minimized our expenses as much as possible, and then left my job to start Primal Potential. I had a non-compete, so I couldn't um, do both at the same time. But I think there's no reason in the world, unless you work for a network marketing company on the corporate side, which you know was my situation, that you can't build business skills and audience and influence there and get a supplementary income developed there before you leave your job. And the tools that they give you are tools that would take you so much longer to find on your own if you just wanted to launch your own business by yourself. I mean, it's crazy. Like I said, I I literally have a whole training for my team on social selling and you just get it by being on my team 
stuff you'd have to pay a lot of money for outside of my team and it's totally free and there's a community of people who are all doing it together that not only can you learn from, plus all the tools from corporate, but in addition to that, the team that you're a part of is immediately your audience. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's really crazy. Um, one of the one of the cons I would say is that I think there is still some negative association with network marketing, but I also think that that's much more 1980s how it was done. And when there is that negativity, it's more a reflection of people not really knowing business in 2020 is way different. <laughs> and uh, so I think that's largely an issue of of lack of education. So pretty easy to overcome because I say this all the time we're all in network marketing. We're just not all getting paid for it. And I want to be one of the intelligent ones who's getting paid for it. Let's talk about some of the pros and cons of something like Etsy. In most cases, Etsy is one of those things that can absolutely be a very successful side hustle, especially if you have some skills, but it's often more active than passive. For example, there's somebody that I know who creates from home with her cricket. Um, baby onesies and has a shop on Etsy. It is a really powerful side hustle for her because she does onesies that are funny and cute and it really takes like no skills at all. Anybody could do it. Unlike some of the other people on Etsy who maybe make jewelry and that takes some more skills. The thing is, she has to spend her time making the onesies, which might not be a bad thing if you're just looking for a work from home situation, but I also think it's very important to have passive income. That's really the only way to protect yourself and have true financial freedom. But the other thing is you could always pay somebody to make the onesies for you and then it's much more passive, right? Maybe it's your mother-in-law. Maybe it's a teenager down the road who wants to make some money and let's say that you sell the onesie for 25 bucks and you pay the teenager five bucks per onesie, you know? So, so you're netting 20 bucks. Of course, there are fees to Etsy and different things in that. But know that, be considerate of, do you want something more active? Do you want something more passive? If there's something that's more active, can you make it more passive? So the other huge pro to something like Etsy that's really unique is that the market comes to you. If I decided that I was going to set up a website for baby onesies that are cute and funny and say hysterical things, then I'd have to be looking at things like search engine optimization. How are people going to find me? Maybe I need to do ads on Google or ads on Facebook. And that's a lot of work. The thing with Etsy is that people go to Etsy. The web gives a ton of traffic to Etsy, which naturally increases the search engine optimization. So the market is Etsy's market and you benefit from their audience, which I think is a huge pro. But then there's a lot of us that are like, I have no desire to make things. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I know people who sell on Etsy printable downloads. You've got to do your homework. You've got to know that it's something people want and something they're looking for. But you can create a, a document one time and put it up on Etsy and if it's a document that people want and are looking for and you've made it cute and affordable, then that's very passive. So it's not always that you're, you know, crafting doll blankets or something like that. Um, you, you might be limited by your ability to produce if you are the one creating something, but there are ways around that. 
whether through other people or selling something that is just a download. In fact, you know what's been really big that I've noticed on Etsy is people are creating customizable birth announcements or baby announcements and and you just purchase a template. So they make the template one time, you put in your information and it's yours and those are examples of things that are really passive that can make make money while you sleep. Let's talk for a second really quickly about what's stopping people. So all of these options are on the table and probably 300,000 more. So why are people still struggling financially? I'm going to keep it real, real. I think laziness is one of the top options. And when I say laziness, I don't mean you want to lay on the couch and watch Netflix, though that could be it. When people stop it, like, well, I don't know what to do, or I don't know how to do it, or I don't know how to get started. Y'all, that's lazy. That's super lazy. Because you are a little bit of effort away from finding out how to do something or where to start or who could help you. So I think that's one of the biggest laziness factors is uncertainty. Well, with a little bit of effort, you can find out how to take that next step. You can talk to somebody about that next step. You can get your question answered. So I really do think that laziness is the biggest barrier. And within laziness, that uncertainty piece is super lazy if you let it stop you. The other big one is ego. Fear of embarrassment, fear of failure, fear of rejection, all that is about you and that is ego. I will tell you this, no matter what you do, if you write a book, if you start a YouTube channel, if you launch into network marketing, you're going to be uncomfortable. That's where the growth is. But I think we would all agree it's super uncomfortable to be stressed about money too, right? So I would rather be uncomfortable making money than uncomfortable being broke because you're going to be uncomfortable either way. That's ego. You don't have to put yourself at the center of the story. And here's the other thing. None of those feelings, fear of embarrassment, fear of failure, fear of rejection, none of them are permanent. If you start out being afraid to put yourself out there, being afraid to talk to somebody. That's a that's a one-time thing. Meaning, not that you're only going to feel it one time, but what I mean by that is the more you do and the more experience you get, you don't stay at that point. You move beyond it to a greater degree of of comfort and over time to a degree of confidence, to a point of I don't even think about it. It's just what I do. So you're judging the whole journey and you're preventing the success based on how you feel at point zero. That's bonkers. You're keeping your life super, super small by something that you absolutely can overcome. And then I think the general discomfort with the unknown, like, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if I'm going to have the time. You also don't know if you're going to lose your job tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to get hit by a train tomorrow. You don't know what your family's financial needs are going to be in a year. You don't know crap. You're not letting that stop you. You know, it's you don't know if your kids are going to be healthy tomorrow. But you still sat on your phone while you played while they played today. 
you're you're living your life with that uncertainty no matter what. So why not take that uncertainty and start building to create something better? One of the affirmations I use for myself all the time is fear is a liar because I create my results. There are a lot of things I start and I don't know if they're going to work, but I know I can make the idea better. I can improve my execution. I can talk to people who have been successful and I can learn from them and apply what I've learned. Fear is a liar because you create your results. I want everybody to take action on this. Look, if you've got three streams of income, awesome. Can you have four by the end of the year? Can you make the three you have more passive or more productive? Can you increase your net on one of the three? If you have zero, can you get one started in the next six weeks? If you've got questions, can you reach out and get your questions answered in the next 48 hours? Because financial independence is for every single one of us. And I've gotten a lot of questions about, because I've shared it in the Facebook group and a few other places, about my my storytelling for social sellers piece. Um, it's not something that I sell or make available outside of my network marketing team, but you can always join me there because I think it's a really great, really great thing. So you can always reach out if you want to do that, but do something. Struggling is not necessary. Do something. Make it a great day, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.